welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. On this episode, Scott and I get together to discuss a disturbing trend of anti-Semitism being practiced on many of America's college campuses. If you have any ideas or topics for the show, please reach out to us at 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach us through social media, our details are in the show notes. Views and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to the hosts and do not represent the views of any professional organization. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. A big day on this recording in the Ferguson house. Listeners know you listen to my wife and talk about her family. My my oldest son is uh, entering manhood today. Uh, at 18. so 18 uh, today. Yeah, 18 today. It's right just before Man. Veterans Day. I didn't want him to be born on Veterans Day because, you know. <laughs> you, didn't want to, he would, you didn't want to steal your He would have stolen thunder. the day. Yeah, <laughs> right? he would have stolen the day. Yeah, which, okay. Yeah. You know, my oldest son, if you ever get to know him, that kid is Kramer. He lands on his feet. We were talking the other day and he's like, <laughs> I love talking to him because it's like, my wife says, you've met your match for talking. And I'm like, yeah, damn straight. The kid is gold, man. He just runs. Good kid. Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're talking about life and things like that. And Kara's like, "Well, what do you want to do for his birthday?" And I go, "What are we going to do for Delta 18? I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, come on!" I'm like, "Yeah, he's no baby. I mean, this kid knows exactly what he's doing." But right, you know, you're, it's like Breakfast Club. Here's a carton of cigarettes. Right, right. Smoke right. up, Johnny. And he is moving on a path that he's creating for his own. And I think that's like in this world, that's rare now, like for somebody to be just like, I'm throwing off convention like Kramer and somehow, some way I'm going to land on my feet now, like anybody else it can go bad or go wherever. But some of these traditional avenues, I I was for a while, actually, until I worked for a college, I was like, yeah, well, this is what you should do. You should go there. You should do this, whatever. But again, we're talking about today about things that, you know, you think until it touches your world and then you realize Maybe this isn't what I thought it was, or maybe I maybe have taken this all out of perspective. But uh, I don't know. I've got two other sons, and we'll see what happens with them as well. But he's clearly setting a path of being your own man, and it's uh, good though. We're proud of him, that's for sure. And you know, college, you you're deep in the throes of it, brother. Yeah, you, two you're yeah a, two kids in college, two in. two kids in college in opposite directions, which you know makes for a lot of traveling. Um, was just out seeing Ryan at KU and uh, brought the in laws with out there oh, as you yeah, know that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> like that was the first time that was a long road trip for them in the car you know eight hours out there but uh took him to went to a basketball game ku basketball game it's the first one i've been to and he's been there for three years and it's the first time I did a ku basketball game that was pretty pretty intense. and but just taking them out to like the college bars and stuff you know i mean i feel i feel old at the college bars and then i got my yeah, father-in-law right. but i tell you Guys, in his in his eighties, you get a couple of Jim Beam and Cokes in him, and he's dancing right. at the bar, having a good time. Yeah, and, you know, right? It right. was it was it was a good time. It was nice to get them out there to see it, and uh, just it's it's a it's out there. It's a big experience. You know, it's all the bars, it's all the sports. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. It's it can be a little, I'm sure, overwhelming for people, but 
Yeah, I mean, but, but like KU right now is an example of there's a lot of like good things that you can experience in the college oh, yeah, level. Right. Like, you know, and again, we're talking about some of the social aspects of it or some of the, the, the greater community aspects of it of like, you know, their football team would did really well. Their basketball team obviously is killing it. And it's a big enough campus, but it's out in the middle of like you talk to anybody in this country, like Kansas, and you get that kind of look like, yeah. what? what? The Which is the same look I got because I didn't know anything about it or right, even right. what uh, was in Kansas. I'm like, what? You're not in Kansas anymore. That's what people say back <laughs> right. to you. You know, you're like the cop thing. Oh, I didn't do it. Yeah. I've never heard that oh, one. Everybody from one. Kansas is probably like, one. yeah, I've never heard we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, Even though we are in Kansas and it's actually pretty cool. Dr. Prohaska's from Kansas. Right. Like they got a lot of good things going on out there. Yeah. It's so close yet seems so far at the same time. But that's the kind of stuff that like you hear it as a parent. You're like, what? You know, what? What? Where? Why? And then they get out there and you're like, oh, well, this this is why. I mean, it's a huge, unique experience for them carving their own path through the world different than what, you know, I expected. And I was really like, this is the way you measure it. You know, you serve your country. You do this. You do right. that. Well, And colleges are throwing a lot of stuff at these kids, good, right. bad, and otherwise. Right. The kids going out to different schools in KP and in Michigan, it's like they're not only are they going to good schools, but they're experiencing different people in different parts of the country and different mindsets on things. And, but some of those things can be challenging colleges because nowadays there's a lot of colleges that are beyond the academic are challenging some of your value systems and stuff too. And I think that's hard for for some of these kids. That's the flip side of it. Right. Absolutely. So you gotta, if there's, but if the kids are strong going into it and they know, they have those good core values and they know what they're all about. I don't think there's swayed, but it feels like some of these colleges, it's a constant push on like, where's the education instead of just all the social justice type stuff, you know? Right. Right. And right. so I think that's kind of, well, that I guess leads us into a little bit of what we're talking about today, you know, with these colleges and, and things that are going on around conflict Middle East and what is happening to this this raging anti-Semitism that's blowing across a lot of college campuses. And I know both my kids have heard, you know, issues about it too and seen things on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's starting to have some pushback on the colleges, especially these Ivy League colleges that receive millions and millions of dollars in donations. And it's it's pushing into even these donors who provide this money, who have very high level jobs as CEOs, hedge fund right. managers, financial people that are saying, this is this is going to have an impact on these. Sure. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And donations they make to the campus, which a lot of campuses rely on for that. Like it's like, uh, like I said, when I went to work for a college, you know, my college quite unique, but it was eye-opening as to what's going on. Like, you know, it's just it's as troubling as society is, and it's also as promising as society can be in a lot of these places. But, you know, what we're talking about here is obviously is the recent Israeli-Hamas conflict that, you know, October 7th, when Hamas, what we later have found about this is that Hamas wanted to make a brass statement to get the Palestinian issue back in the forefront, because there was a lot of things happening in the world with this settling down that people forgot about it and kind of went soft. And we, and we talk about that all the time, but you can't take your eye off the prize. And some of the Israeli officials are saying, like when we talked about, like, how did this happen? Well, things aren't a problem. So we start focusing on the things that are problems. And if the Hamas-Israeli conflict is not a problem or the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, is not a problem, well, your border goes soft and, you know, they can defeat these things and they can attack via uh, air, land and sea and come in and kill 1,400 people in no time, which is like what they're equating to their 9-11. Well, uh, a lot of Israelis officials said, well, we didn't take their threats from these radical elements that ended up doing this because these guys that did this within Hamas were actually rogue, kind of rogue when you read about it a little bit, yeah. like a former general that was kind of ostracized as the peace thing started going on. Um guys that spent time in prison and things like that sounds eerily consistent with what happened in Nazi Germany. Right. Hitler went to prison. Some of these mad men that he surrounded himself with end up moving on. And again, I know it's a far cry from that at this point for the Jews, but the same thing is like, we always say no, never again, never again. And and then these things happen and the tactics that they engaged in, if that doesn't shock the conscience, I don't know what will. Right. But again, we're dealing with youth and we're dealing with young people and they have a tendency to be generally misinformed, very inexperienced and also very passionate at the same time. That's why you recruit 18 year olds to be in the military because they're kind of easily led and fired up. That all being said, from my own personal experience, when I was a young man, Scott, uh, I grew up in an Irish town. I talk about that a lot. We're talking late 70s, early 80s. And I always thought it was odd when I would go into a bar, even though I'm, I'm not promoting underage drinking. I've seen the light sink. <laughs> um, you'd go into a bar and you'd see like a jar of like like what used to have pickles or pickled eggs or something in mm -hmm. it. And it was taped to the side of it, donations for the IRA. And I was like, yeah, fuck the Brits. Get them out of Ireland, unified Ireland, because that's what I was told. And I was led to believe and things like that. Right. And I believe that for a long time. I even went to war after I graduated from college and served in the military and still had a kind of uh, very sympathetic, like towards the Irish using force, the IRA, Sinn Féin, or their political arm of using force to threaten people to say, this is what we're going to do. And now, meanwhile, it was all going on in England and throughout uh, the British Isles of you know the IRA using barbaric tactics, blowing up school buses and things like that. It didn't directly touch me. Then September 11th happened and I saw it and you know, I came from that area and it literally changed my mind about, oh, this is what they meant. And, th and now I'm well into my 30s at this point. So I don't think this generation of college students that's on campus is where we're going with this really understands the barbarity of that and how when something like that happens, how the response back to that is so like now unbalanced, meaning like it's not equal when you do something like that, it creates an even greater response. Well, and they, like you said, they don't have a frame of reference because right. so far beyond September 11th now, which is hard right. to imagine at times, you know, that this was... 20 plus years ago, these kids, a lot of them weren't even born. So, you know, right. this was something that happened. And we were talking about this coming into the show that I've never, you know, other than what you've seen on the news and read about and whatnot in, in, in the world of terrorism, it's always in a distant land and it's not things happening here. And then September 11th happened and we were brand new cops it was, you know, I mean, like we were just into the Our first police, year of, police work yeah. and Chrissy was traveling at the time for work. And I woke up, I think we were working midnight center, at least I was, and woke up and this is on TV and I'm like, what is happening? And right. you just couldn't even believe it. It was sickening. And, right. and, and you were seeing a lot of the things that have since been scrubbed from history. One of the worst thing seeing was actually live seeing people jumping off buildings and right. hitting 
hearing people hitting buildings because they were jumping out of burning buildings. Yep. It, 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 it was unbelievable. And, you know, I wasn't in New York. I didn't have any direct tie to anything that was going on there, but you just couldn't believe what was happening. And you were seeing this death and destruction. And Chrissy was, like I said, she was out of town. No, no flights. Nobody could get anywhere. There was nothing. They grounded like, all the aircraft, yeah, like you, right? You, you couldn't. The whole country was just on lockdown because people didn't even know what was unfolding. And right. it was insane. And right. you just felt horrible. And you still, I still go back and see those things. And every September 11th, I think about it. I make sure to talk to my kids about it so that they understand how horrible of an attack that was on our country and everything that surrounded that. But a lot of these kids, college kids, there hasn't been anything like that in their lifetime. Right. So it's things that are happening away from there and not really understanding just some of the barbaric things that transpired with this over the last month. I can see where people in Palestine are enraged when the Israelis come in and bomb hospitals that Hamas is using as a, you know, command center to protect themselves from and then to further gin up the world against what's going on with that. But in the same sense, you know, you launch an attack like that and, I, I don't know about you, Scott, but I've seen some videos out there that at least have made it through TikTok of the things that they were doing, these Hamas yeah. you know, terrorists that come in. And they, not it's, only it's, doing those things and taking video of it, but doing it with the victim's phones and then sending it to their families. The victim's families members, like I mean, finding just, them just uh, yeah. like horrific you, things. You can't even, uh, I can't even imagine and, and, and the latest death toll, again, to kind of show fairness here, is that since October 7th, you know, 1,400 plus people were killed that day and some were taken hostage. And the way that they were killed um, is what really shocks the conscience. Um, you know, in the response since, you know, some officials are saying uh, up to 11,000 Palestinians have been killed in the response by Israeli, though. Again, though. You know, when you're an American, take a step back for a second and realize that's how we handled September 11th. We went over to Afghanistan. We 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 launched um, when I was in the first Gulf War. You know, the Iraqi army was this formidable force that we were going to be fighting for years. And we used our superior firepower to address a situation there that we felt was wrong, even though we weren't directly attacked. Um, and that's not how you, you you don't fight a war for a one for one tit for tat. You want it to be over as quickly as possible. And the same thing happens in law enforcement. We get the same kind of heat. Like, why are there 10 cops here to deal with this guy? He was just fighting with you. It's just like, yeah, but that's not how it works to get control of a situation. You send the resources you need to quickly get control over a situation. And you're so dumb about how this all works. You want to criticize it and then send videos to people in the world. And then our cowardly leaders react to that, knowing full well what we need to do that. And by and large, we, we all suffer and not understand it to quickly end a situation. So, you know, that's where we kind of get into now where this is like similar to what happened to a lot of people in law enforcement. Like over the last few years, the way the academic world works, just like the sports world, just like the entertainment world, just like the police world, there are places that there's a hierarchy, whether we fall under that hierarchy or not of like, this is where we looked excellent. It used to be in the world, like the federal Bureau of investigation 
um, was the lead agency that right. we all looked to for that. And then we looked at bigger agencies like New York, LA, Chicago that had these huge police departments that, you know, how they, you know, policed and what they did. And we all fell on that. If you were an officer in a smaller agency in a state that had a bigger city and everybody kind of follows that lead and they set an example for the rest of the world. Now, well, the same thing occurs in the academic world. The Ivy League sets the tone of like, that is the single highest standard for academics, at least you're led to believe, because if you're getting into the Ivy League, uh, at least it used to be, you were told you were the, among the smartest people on the planet. And as usual, these old philosophies, I think, need to be thrown clean because there's a lot of good colleges out there trying to do the right things. It's just that, like they said to us in the police world, well, why didn't you guys all step out and say things when all of these disgusting and disturbing things were happening within the police departments? I would say the same thing to academics. Why aren't you guys stepping out and stepping up and saying, why are you allowing students to protest on behalf of People that did things worse than what the Nazis did, right. literally worse than what the Nazis did. And people are going to say, but you're crazy for saying that. Look, I'm not talking about the end game. I'm not talking about the final solution. But originally, if you studied his history, the Nazis sent, unfortunately, these Einsatzgruppen, which were police officers, at least that they were designated, to go into these conquered state cities, particularly in Poland where we first started. And they would take Jews out of their homes, line them up and shoot them in fields and bury them, holding children, women. There's a famous photo of that. That became so problematic and so traumatic for those sick men that were willing to do that in the first place that the most anti-Semitic, depraved Nazi leaders even said, well, we're not going to do that anymore because that's we, we're going to lose these people in the mission of eradicating Jews. Well, these guys are dancing around, beheading people, like raping women. And you have a college student justifying that and tearing down pro-Israeli you know, banners and things like that. And colleges are not coming out and saying, right. that's wrong. You can't do that. Because if you supported a police officer after one of us kneeled on the neck of a guy, which he didn't really do to begin with, George Floyd, you weren't safe on campus if you supported the police in that. Like, right. you, oh, yeah. you know you, the full story you, of what's yeah, going you on. You, there would have been no way you could walk around on a college campus at that time with any type of anything pro-police or you had a blue line, something. My dad was a cop. You had to go underground or my mom was a cop. You had to mm -hmm. go underground and not bring it up because people would have threatened you and, and come and basically in lack of a better term, come fuck with you on some level. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's funny. These same colleges are kind of, you know, sitting on their hands and saying, we, we support all forms of protests. We don't tolerate hate. Well, that's right. Nobody, nobody wants to tolerate hate, but that's just kind of a generic blanket thing to say. This is a, this is a specific thing that you have to get, you have to take a stance on something like this and, and right. you, you can't just do these kind of vague, you know, we support everyone's opinion and we do this, you know, but then you turn around and you have like a college campus where, you know, Riley Gaines wants to come talk about women and and sports. And this lady gets run off this. She gets young girl gets run off the campus because she's getting all called, called all kinds of names and shit thrown at her and, you know, whatever. And the college does nothing, at least on the surface, does nothing about it, does nothing to address the fact that free speech is only the speech that I want to hear. Right. And that's the problem that we have with that. And, it's like, and again, we were the canaries in the coal mine as cops. Like now they're coming for you when you want to express your opinion that's different and they, people want to use violence to suppress that. And now these very people like Black Lives Matter, they supported Black Lives Matter. Look, I'm sorry for what it's worth, whether this is going to offend people, what I'm saying or not. But Black Lives Matter within hours came out in support of Hamas and what they were doing. And they hadn't even seen the videos yet. And these people said, 
that we were on the same level of people that acted like these these Hamas terrorists did. I'm like, I'm done with this. This is nonsense. Right. People need to wake up and realize like what these groups are doing. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think academic America is as responsible in practicing the free speech of people as they say they are. They're responsible in protecting it when they agree with it. What we're talking about is, is this blowback that's coming back against some of these big Ivy League wealthy universities? And the one that's probably, I mean, there's lots of stories out there about this happening all over the country. I think Harvard is probably one of the ones that has stood out the most because of the reputation of Harvard University and Ivy League and how much money they have and and the influence yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. And and so skull and bones. Right? Skull and bones. <laughs> and so I was doing a little research on it. And you know, when you're talking about money, because what 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 impacts, you know, what do you hurt? Look at um, you know, money in, in the business world and look at all the drama that money Bud, in the police that, world. That Bud Light went through. You you know, the police. And, right. Yeah. It's like money is what really starts crippling um these different things, what these situations when you start coming after the money and Harvard searching a little bit 2022 with all the endowments, they they have the largest endowment of all universities. 2022, their value on their endowments was $9.4 billion. Billion. Billion dollars. That's like they say, you know, market value. So you talk about like what, their donations and where that goes and their assets and all that kind of stuff. Les Wexner, he's the former CEO of Victoria's Secret. And he he was very vocal about this and, and came out and uh, said that and he's been he's been partnered with them for decades and and came out and said that it's no longer his his foundation is no longer to quote him, no longer compatible partners with this university and they were terminating their relationship due to what they called the dismal failure of Harvard's leadership to take a clear and unequivocal stand against the barbaric murders of innocent Israeli citizens by terrorists. And these are the guys that are trying to push those plus size models wearing their lingerie on us. <laughs> right. And, and this I think comes off the heels of if anyone has listened to the statement that was put out by the president of Harvard. I mean, it went against the violence that's happening over there. But again, I think some people kind of saw it as a little bit vague and not not soft per se, but just didn't really, wasn't really dialed in to address what these, what these students are dealing with and, and what this is doing to these, to this university. And you've got another, uh, billionaire this guy Ken Griffin he he's donated he's donated 500 million dollars to Harvard and 300 million of it alone in the current academic year and he's pushing on these administrators for Harvard to condemn these terrorist acts by Hamas and and i mean these are people that are going to have an influence on Big universities like this, you start pulling hundreds of millions of dollars from these universities, it's going to change. It's going to have an impact on them. I don't know where it's going to go, but 
it is that those are the kinds of things that people realize like, Oh, really do have, we have a, we have like a lifestyle to maintain. We have a, an image to maintain and we rely so heavily on this. And if it, if it becomes a place where people, wealthy people don't want to send their kids to go to school there, like Harvard's known as a top academic university, law school, Harvard law school. You hear about it. There's TV shows about it. Everybody talks about Harvard law school. What if Harvard no longer becomes the place to be, you know, because people say, I don't like the, I don't like the values of this university, or I don't like that they don't st- take a stand against the barbaric murdering of innocent people. Mm-hmm. It could, it could change everything. I mean, Tulane University has probably one of the highest percentage of Jewish students in the country, and Jewish students were facing like anti-Semitism to the point where like they felt unsafe on campus because people were coming and spray painting things like from the river to the sea, which is an analogy of to drive all the Jews out of that state that Palestine thinks is theirs. Look, I'm sorry. Like I I paid attention to history and people make fun of me for being a nerd about it. So like, that's all cool. Like I get it, but this is where history comes and helps you because like how is spray painting something on a Jewish student's dorm room door or their Jewish Student Union Center any different than what brown-shirted Nazis in Germany did by spraying Juden and the Star of David uh, uh, on on their businesses, doing crystal knock where they're smashing out windows to drive Jews out of these places. Like, look, whether you agree with the Jews or not, this is not where we are anymore. But as we talked about earlier, we're whitewashing what happened with terrorism 20 years ago, September 11th. My, my sons come home from school and say we didn't even talk about it really. We, we we didn't really reflect upon it at all. How do we expect students to remember what happened 80 years ago where 6 million people were rounded up by paranoid madmen to convince what was formerly a highly educated and cultured nation full of people to either participate in the extermination of these people or to intimidate them to the point where they stood in silence while it was going on. I mean, we, we've not progressed at all, especially if these gold standard institutions of higher learning in the Ivy League can't even draw a clear line for their students to say, this isn't really that different with the way you're conducting yourselves. And for decades, our profession, law enforcement, Scott, we we have incentivized education. We've incentivized it to the point over seniority and experience in doing the real work on the street to the point where, hey, you can go get an associate's, you can go get a bachelor's, whatever, and you're going to get more money for that as opposed to just being there on time for the job. And when I look at all this, I go, what are we really incentivizing? These are the same people that have convinced us that, you know, we're endowed by our degrees to be better cops. But then they say to us that we're these racist, bigoted monsters, no different than the Nazis that we're often compared to. Despite the fact that our profession has moved greatly, probably more than any other in the last 20 years, in embracing education and getting degrees. Right. And then another thing that's coming from all this and I keep going back to the Harvard thing because it seems to be the biggest story. But now these some of these CEOs, billionaires, um, you know, prominent people in the business world are coming out and saying, "I don't want to hire people that are spouting some of this anti-Semitic yeah, stuff off right. at these universities." Welcome so, to a cop's world. I don't right. want anything to do with you because you're a cop <laughs> right. or your family. Right? Like, I do. welcome to our world, kids. Yeah. And, and what are we always telling people? And it's obviously not related to this kind of stuff, but just social media and everything else. You're always warning your kids about, Hey, remember you, t- you know, you, you take a picture, you post something, you say something. It's like, 
and and we're telling in our in our profession you're telling people nowadays like you you need to watch the things that you put on social media because it right. could impact your career you might have a political opinion or an opinion on some kind of you know current issue something and you're certainly entitled to your opinion but whether you need to go out and broadcast it to everyone could have a negative impact on you and these right. Like we talked about on the show with the, the Jason Aldean song. Right. Think of the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, you look, you got a right to say what you want to say. You don't have a right to have that accepted by people, and you don't, uh, you're do not you not protected necessarily from people that say, I don't want that kind of hate in my workplace. Hate has no home here. I love those signs. But when you go deal with those people that put those signs in their yard, they're the ones that are going to call and tell you that uh, they don't like their neighbors because of the noise <laughs> they're making. Yeah. Hate has no home here. Right. right. And they don't, and they, they're, they won't talk to their neighbors. They'll have you right. come doing the talking yeah, right, right, for right, them. Right, but, it's like, right. we've seen that a million times. Right, right. And unfortunately, some of these, there's going to be that backlash here too, where people, again, you, you want to express your opinion. You can do that, but it can come with consequences. Right. And you might have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this Ivy league education. And you've chosen to um, support something that maybe is not a popular opinion or posting things or whatever it is that you're doing. And now all of a sudden it's going to be hard for you to find a job. And these are people, and these, these people that are talking about this are probably former Harvard graduates and are mm-hmm. millionaires, billionaires and run yep. huge companies. And just like, and they have a lot of influence in that, in that world, community. in the business world, in the community. The you know? community is huge for a college. It's right. huge. I mean, unbelievable. I never understood it until I came and worked for a college. I was like, right. they are a massive amount of power that it's, it's like unofficial power, whether you like that or not, but you're going to be one of those alumni someday too. And you're going to want that power when you graduate with that diploma. And you don't have it. And, and you're going to look and, for the benefits of being in that network of people to maybe help you in your career path, whatever, once you get out of college. And now you might be putting yourself in a predicament where uh, you're, 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 you, people know who you are and they see the things that you say and they say, mm, you know what, I'm going to move on to the next Harvard graduate because that's there's plenty of them out there. and right. And- and I can check their social online. media and figure out what they were posting and what they weren't. Right. Now, this isn't a plea to everybody that's posted something on social media to go scrub it and get rid of it because the First no. Amendment is First Amendment. It should be protected. Right. But remember this. Also, over the last four to eight years, we justified people engaging in unlawful acts in order to support a cause. Now, there's no cops are caught in the middle of all that, trying to protect everybody and keep people safe. But again, when we've justified some illegal acts to support something that people find as unjust, how do we reel this all back in? Like I said before, don't be intimidated, folks. Don't live in fear because you're afraid of being labeled as something that doesn't support something that's so obviously wrong that you're afraid to lose everything in the process. I know in a lot of ways that's easier than said than done, but I really firmly believe that there's a, there's a change going on in America where folks are starting to get tired of all of this. I'm always wrong unless I side with this group of people that happen to have a lot of power, whether it be through the media, academia, politics, what have you. Just referencing some of these things that we're talking about today and some of the stories that are out there. I think there is at least somewhat of a pushback on this and and you're starting to see that. So it's going to be interesting 
this isn't going to be over anytime soon. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see where this goes uh, with universities. I mean, I get, we, we've really focused on the universities today, just talking about what's going on. And, you know, it, are things going to change? Is there going to, are they going to come out and really start taking a side on this? Or is it going to have to be a longer drawn out process of universities having the squeeze put on them financially until they change their narrative? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Good point. Well, uh, it was a, a plea for a healthy, vigorous debate like we should have in this country and every free country out there. Um, violence, leave that to the rogue elements of this. But the bottom line is, is it shouldn't be something that we tolerate inequally uh, because of where you fall politically. There are plenty of things that people have said to me over our career, Scott, that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I'm not going to use the full force of my authority to make you pay for that. Because as a cop, if you're doing that stuff, you're just as bad as the people that are standing there protesting and spitting on you. So cautionary tale for all of us to kind of be like, hey, be aware of what's going on out there. Some of these things are like, you know, in, in defense of youth, what have we done other than to coddle them and protect them and keep them like from seeing the realities of our world? College is just a continuation of youth. You know what I mean? It's just not like going out and dealing with the real world where these things go on. And I think, you know, every organization in this country right now needs an enema. Police work, <laughs> academia, politics. Well, if you want to get a hold of us about anything, you know how to do that. It's the Three Cops Talk Gmail, threecopstalk at gmail.com. If you want to go back and look at any past episodes, please do so through wherever you listen to podcasts. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, give us a review because we like to hear from those, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, it always helps us out. You can also go to our website, which is at www.3copstalk.com to check out some of our guests, support some of our sponsors. If you'd also like to be a guest or a sponsor, please reach out to us through the website or our Gmail, as previously mentioned. We'd love to have you and expose our audience to your message and or products. As usual, folks, please be safe, help each other out, and we'll see you next time.